Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London and this is your first Geekscape. We're going to be talking movies, video games, comics, pop culture, stuff like that. If you are in the wrong place, you better buckle up or jump ship because that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, and i got to tell you, you've had a warning. We've been around a while. This may not be your first Geekscape, which means great. Welcome back. I'm glad that you decided to be like, oh, I'm going to listen to a Geekscape right now because... I miss Jonathan's voice, and maybe he has an exciting guest on today to talk pop culture. I do. I have a repeat friend coming back to the uh, to the to the podcast. I've been on her podcast. She's been on my podcast multiple times. It's been a whole podcast trade. And her name is Ashley Robinson. Hello, Ashley Victoria Robinson. Yeah, Ashley Robinson is a WNBA player who's very tall and I don't want to fight for SEO, so the Victoria is very important. That will not stop me from calling myself <laughs> J-Lo. That being said, <laughs> you are on the podcast and you came on, you know, Geekscapist, you have another podcast coming this week because Captain Marvel came out and you know when these major th- geek events happen, like an MCU movie or uh, uh, something cool like a Star Wars film, I sit down with Ian Kerner and we talk about these things. You have a Captain Marvel special coming this week, but I decided to do another Geekscape because my friend Ashley called me and was like, hey, I've got this cool project. Would love to come on the podcast. And I said, great. You're coming on Sunday. Exactly. Was that Friday when you asked? Uh, I want to say, I hope it was earlier in the week than that. I no, hope it wasn't this compressed. It was either Thursday or Friday. It might have been Thursday, yeah. Because we just finished filming the Geekscape produced uh, Chasing Fletcher Allen yesterday. Heck yeah. My head's a little weird. My also vo- daylight I, savings. Yeah, I might cough <laughs> a little bit, Geekscape is. I'm a little fried. But uh, knowing that Saturday was not on the board, I said, yes, we are recording on Sunday. And so it has happened. And that's what we're doing. I think this is my three-peat yeah. episode. Yeah, you did uh, Wonder Woman. I think you did Science. Yes. Jason was on that one, so, all right. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to call this one two and a half. Yeah, 2.5, <laughs> almost a three-peat. Almost a three-peat. Pretty sure Jason's going to be begging to be back on in June, so gird yourselves for that, yeah. listeners. Fine. <laughs> in the same way Jason can help us preview Comic-Con, we can talk about... Later this month, we have WonderCon going on. That's true. And then you and Jason are headed up to Emerald City Comic Con. Yes, like so, in a matter of days, which is uh, terrifying. I've never done it. I heard it's a great con. Uh, we're only going to be there on Saturday and Sunday because Jason has never been to Seattle, so we're going to play tourist and live our best Fraser Crane lives on Thursday and Friday. Seattle's awesome. Uh, I've been there many times, and uh, we can talk about what you want to do in Seattle if you'd like, or you can discover the city on your own. And... Um, just let me know. I've never actually been to Emerald City as many times as I've been to Comic-Con. Uh, or, Jonathan, go back, do that again. As many times as I've been to Seattle, I've never been to Emerald City. So, and tell me how it is. Enjoy it. And I've heard yeah. it's exploded over, the, over like the last 10 years. It's really turned into one of the premier conventions. It's so. supposed to be a good one for <laughs> comics. Because okay. in SoCal, it's more of like a pop culture thing. Like right, everyone shows up for... The cast of the Arrowverse and the Runaways and the movies, mm. and that's all great. Um, and we would all love to be included amongst those pop culture people at some point. But we did Wizard World Portland last year, which is not the same, but the same neck of the woods. Sure. And people seemed a lot more open to being like, tell me about your comic. May I look at it? I will pick this up if I think it's cool. And that's my hope for yeah. Emerald City. They're not like, oh, which TV person can I meet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I find that, yeah, that is very indicative of the Southern California conventions and... 
New York Comic Con looked like it was going to suffer that. I mean, when I went to New York Comic Con, the coolest thing about it was that Artist Alley. Yeah, in the and separate room. In the separate room. I don't know if it's in, in the separate room any longer. It's been a few years. But um, I don't... I mean, as much as I love the bombast of Hollywood and all that stuff, the purity of having a comic convention is something that, like, sings to the 12-year-old Jonathan, <laughs> whose dad, yeah. dad used to take him to, like, the Holiday Inn by the I-35, you know. Um, I think it appeals, too, to anyone who's been on the other side of the table. Like, to not have to bark at people to come up mm-hmm. uh, is really, really appealing. I think that's what we're really talking about, yeah. <laughs> you know? Earlier today, we were talking about what we wanted to do differently this year at Comic-Con. George and I uh, met up and... We're talking about the booth and what we want to do this year for you Geekscapists and what we want to offer that's new. And Comic-Con is so hard. As fried as I am now, I'm doubly as fried after Comic-Con because we're just trying to pull people's interests. And that is the biggest noise machine. You know, it's just there's so much to compete with at Comic-Con. So I wish you guys luck at Emerald City Comic-Con. What are you guys going to be up there with? Uh, we're just taking Jupiter Jet, and we're taking some Geek History Lesson buttons. We're squatting on a friend's table, so check out Sherrard Jackson's booth. It's Artist Alley HH9, maybe? Maybe it'll, three? It'll be in the booth. One of those numbers? Yeah, definitely. And, and it'll be pinned to the tops of our Twitters and Instagrams. <laughs> um, so, um, <laughs> so, I don't know. Wander down HH. You'll see us eventually. <laughs> well, well, talk to me, because you had like this request about... Not a request. You should just be on the show anyway. I had but, a request. But I you were like, I, I want to come on the show because I'm starting this new crowdfund campaign. But it's a weird crowdfund campaign. It is. Because it's based around your application to be a U.S. citizen. Yes. Is that right? Can I say all that stuff? Yeah, totally. Is it cool if I say that I wrote you guys a letter? Yeah. To be like, yeah. hey, Ashley's legit. She's not a lizard person. Yeah, Jonathan was a huge help. And uh, hopefully if the American government calls him, he will say yeah, this was true and I did not perjure myself. Yeah, I did not. I mean, I didn't <laughs> perjure myself. Like Everything I wrote in that letter was true. Mm-hmm. And you're a human that I know that lives in the U.S. and has lived in the U.S. for a long time and resides in the U.S. and is productive in the U.S. and can just be a U.S. citizen. Why you want to give up socialized health care? Oh, I don't have to give it up. What? I, I'm a dual citizen. That's fucked up. So I can go out to Canada at any time. Okay, so wait. <laughs> wait, can Jason? Uh, no, because he's not a Canadian citizen. But if right. we lived there, if we had permanent residence there for half the year, he could. Okay, what if Jason was just visiting your family over Christmas and he got sick? He, we could take him to the hospital. You have to pay a fee, but compared to what you would pay in America... It's much lower. Like, for example, if you break your arm in America, it was like 40 plus thousand dollars to get yes. that repaired. Um, to do the same process in Canada, it's more like $400. Tell You're me paying for about the supplies. your Canadian friends and if they're single. Um, <laughs> my that, mom is single. Yes. <laughs> She's much older than you. Yeah, maybe like, not wanna, by much. Do you want to be related? Maybe, yeah, but yeah, well, you know what? I mean, she's like approaching like AARP level. So, so there's more discounts is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in. If you're willing to wait out the next 40 years, you could probably inherit something Sure. <laughs> this is getting so weird. Yeah, like your future stepdad. <laughs> 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 Jason's like, you sure you don't want me to have me on the podcast? I'm I mean, I'll scare you off this. My 28-year-old brother still lives with her at home, so you'd be contesting with that. No, okay, yeah, I'm out. I'm not inheriting a 28-year-old. <laughs> He's a nightmare. <laughs> no, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's a nightmare. Por qué? 
Because um, he's, I don't even know if he can leave the country because he was a criminal for a while. So Holy shit. Yeah, we don't get a lot. My family's weird and complicated. <laughs> so, so here you are trying to get, here you are applying for dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. And it's like he can't leave the country. I don't know because I don't know exactly how that all trickles down. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. Some of it was before he was 18, so, you know, and then that gets expunged. Sure, and, maybe. Some I of it know. happened after he was 18. And okay. I moved to the States um, when he was 19, so, like, I haven't, I haven't really talked to him You're since not up on his, on his adult criminal no. activities. No, no. And then um, Jason has, you know, visited a couple times. I don't even know if they've spoken any words to each other. Ever? Maybe, like, a high. Wait. But he's been in the house. Oh, yeah. No, wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm already fried when I started this podcast and you're throwing me stuff that's weird. So, how does that work? You, you go to Canada. Mm-hmm. You visit your mom. Yeah, we stay with her. You, your father's still with us? No, he okay. passed when I was he, a teen. Okay, I'm sorry for, to hear that. That's okay. Because maybe he would have kept your brother-in-law. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, so, you go to visit and... Um, and Jason comes in, and Jason's a pretty—he's not allowed. He's not an obnoxious personality, but he's a—he's—he's he's there, and he's a loud personality. He's—he's he's jocular and friendly. Oh yeah, and he, everyone and he else wants I'm to related to, to loves Jason because he's so outgoing. <laughs> yeah. But now you got what you're telling me is that your brother is like not having it. Yeah, he just like walks around and doesn't talk. Yo. I think the last time we were there on Christmas Eve, he didn't even have Christmas Eve dinner with everyone. And like my grandma was there, and my uncles were there, and. Did yeah. he not, but he didn't get any presents because of that, right? I'm sure he got lots of presents. I'm sure Santa still came. Don't reward that behavior. Yeah. Okay, so if I marry your mom, yeah, that won't like wait. Hmm, I'm trying to think about how to parent a kid who's 28 and mute. <laughs> What's he into? Oh, that's a great question. Besides crime. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's into crime anymore. I think that's a past tense okay. thing. Um, he's into working out. Okay. He was um he was a, a an alternate for the Olympic wrestling team. Okay. That's the thing I know about okay. him. Okay. Um, he's in. He wants to be a billionaire. Mm, That's the right. other thing I know about him. I assume he's into girls, but that could be wrong. I don't know. He could be into dudes. Spends I a lot truly of time don't with know. Dudes flexing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, yeah. Not a given. So you could connect on the workout thing. Not at that level. Um, (laughs) not at that level your veins are popping out of your head not at that level Um, I ain't wrestling your brother I don't know he's a Leo so does that help you are you Uh, an astrology person I don't get into the astrology what's your sign Jonathan I'm a Sagittarius what element sign is that Um, I think that's Spider-Man on the Marvel one that I just posted on (laughs) Deepscape wait but is Sag is that a water sign I don't know it's a dude with an arrow Oh, the archer. I don't know. So, uh, An air sign? Yeah, on the Geekscape Facebook, I I found on the Geekscape... On, I saw on, it. On Instagram, I saw like all the... What Marvel what Marvel character each sign is. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine, she said it to me and, and, and she knows that I was born... That I'm a Sagittarius and it was Spider-Man and she knows it's my favorite. And I was like, that works out. Yep, that fits. Um, I'm going to spend the rest of this podcast wanting to know which one mine is because I didn't look at it close enough. Yeah, no, we'll we'll find it and be like, okay, which are you? I think it should be appropriate. Um, okay, so let's talk. Yeah. Because you want into this country. I do. And we are living in a time of heightened national security. Yes. Um, some might even say xenophobia. Yes, I would. You look like us. 
Yeah, I'm a you nice do. white lady with you, no accent. You do. You look like us. <laughs> All right. Um, and, uh, and, and now you have to, what's the process of becoming a dual citizen and what led you to this crowdfund, which is cool, you're crowdfunding for a comic book called Aurora and the Bear. It the is Eagle. A, Aurora and the Eagle. I say bear because of Russia. <laughs> Aurora <laughs> and the Eagle. Aurora is the Canadian part of it. Yes. And the Eagle is the American part of yes. it. Yes. I should know better. It's but, very golden but, agey in that yeah. way. <laughs> well, now I think we're actually run by the bear. So uh, <laughs> I, think, I think a follow-up comic, you got to add the bear in there somewhere. There's <laughs> potential for that. Okay. So um, Aurora and the Eagle, and it's a one-shot? It's the first chapter of what would be a graphic novel. So okay. it's like the first issue. In where where is your crowdfund campaign? I don't want to just assume it's Kickstarter. It is Kickstarter. Okay. Uh, Kickstarter has been a really successful platform for us. We've talked about here on Geekscape, mm-hmm. Jupiter Jet, Science. Mm-hmm. So like that's what I know. So that's the beast I'm going with. Um, I thought about doing a GoFundMe, but I really wanted to, as a creative person, do something creative mm-hmm. to inspire that. Also, March is International Women's Month. March is my birthday month. So if you ever wanted to give me a birthday present, please donate to my Kickstarter campaign. Cool. And then you just have to go to Kickstarter and search for Aurora and the Eagle. You can also go to auroraandtheeagle.com and it'll hyperlink right to there. It's 6 a.m. on Wednesday, March 13th, Pacific Time. That's when it launches. Yes. It launches this week, Geekscape. So you're listening to it. You can set your swatches and see, like, it's going to be a couple days from now. Like, one or two days from now, you guys. Wednesday. Yep. Some of you won't even listen to this day. until then. And then you, uh, if you go to the comic book store, it's, it's, and it's a new comic book day, as Ashley says, be like, oh, there's something else I wanted to pick up. I think it's uh, over on Kickstarter, and I'm going to um, go fund it. And now you're taking some of this money, and that is helping you pay for the visa, app, or not the visa application, the citizenship application. Yes. How expensive is it? Uh, this round is $6,000. Okay. Just think, to apply. I think my parents would have taken $6,000 over 18 years or whatever they invested in me. But <laughs> I think, okay, so it's $6,000 become a U.S. citizen. Yeah, so I, I have a green card, which means I'm a permanent resident. Um, my green card is a conditional green card, which means uh, I can't vote, I can't own property, um, I can't defraud my taxes, okay. things like that. All things, okay. uh, you know, you're supposed to be on your best behavior. So the final step in this application, which has been a nine-year process and will be more closer to like $20,000 total by the end, the final step is you have your conditions lifted on your green card. Um, So then you can like vote and you can own property. But also commit crimes. How do we know if we let you in as a citizen? (laughs) You won't just... like revert to the to the kind of behavior that is indicative of your bloodline. Well, I've never committed a crime. (laughs) Yet. That's true. (laughs) But if if you're going to commit a crime, like... You gotta commit a sexy crime, right? Like it's gotta be like white collar crime. Like you gotta steal art. It's gotta be cool. Well, how do we know you haven't? I mean, you're you in may my be apartment. that good. Look around. If <laughs> <laughs> I push a button and all of a sudden the wall moves and I see like all of your secret artwork that you've stolen, it would just be Detective Comics thirty nine, the first appearance of Robin. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. You're like, my brother just got sloppy. That's oh my the God. difference between us. No, he was more of like a drunk, crashing cars kind of criminal. Oh Jesus, yeah, that's sloppy. Not even the fun kind. Um, but in order to become a citizen or to apply for a visa, or an education visa, fiance visa, green card, whatever, uh, you have to hire a lawyer. It is a very complicated process. You have to. You have to. If you okay. do it on your own, you everyone I know who's done it on its own has been denied. And really? Screwed up. Yeah. The only successful way to do it is to hire a lawyer. So you have like a certain amount of that pricing 
goes to the government just to file your application. A certain amount of it goes to pay your lawyer fees. Sounds like you're greasing palms is what it sounds like. Is um, it greasing palms? I don't know. Because I truly, once I give them all my paperwork, I don't know what happens. Jesus. Uh, everything, I sign a piece of paper that says they can file it for me. <clears throat> they put the packet together and then everything else. Then the answer comes back basically to them and then they tell me. Um, so for this round, it's more money than I have in my bank right now. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I wanted to do, like I said, I wanted to do something creative and Aurora and the Eagle is an idea that I've had for a long time and it just seemed like the perfect opportunity to do it. Uh, it sort of asked the question, what if the Justice League and the UN operated as a singular entity? Hmm. So each country has their own representative superhero. The Canadian hero dies and so they go and recruit a young girl named Aurora Borealis who has the power of the Northern Lights. Wait, <laughs> her parents named her that? Sure, why not? Hippies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mentioned Golden Age, and it is like the style is that, like it's not sort of the protracted language, but when she's introduced, she's introduced on a splash page and she gets her own logo and she is recruited by the American vigilante, the Eagle, who's introduced in his own splash page with a logo. And every right. time they're reintroduced, their little logo will come up in the speech bubble like they used to do with Superboy or yeah. uh, whatever. And he invites her to his base, which is in Washington, D.C. It is called The Nest, to begin her training. So like me, she has to immigrate to America and live her American dream to sort of fulfill her destiny. And the Kickstarter's for the first <coughs> chapter of that. Do people have Canadian dreams? What do you mean Canadian? Oh, well, like, <laughs> like the, the American dream? The American dream is such an ideal. And like your character has a, an American dream. Is there a Canadian dream? Does the, Do Canadians have that sense of like, I don't know, is it a... What would you call it? Arrogance is, it, is what it, I would call it. Nationalism. Um, like, uh, no, it? I think it's maybe something closer to Manifest Destiny, but I think that's an incorrect term. But, you know, Manifest Destiny is basically like uh, Americans believing America is the best. Yeah. It led to the War of 1812, where, you know, the entire plan of the War of 1812 was to annex Canada and make it American. Like, that was the plan. Um, you guys teach it that it was a draw. We teach it that we won and burned down the White House. Totally. <laughs> but didn't you guys have Britain do it? We were Britain at the time. Okay. Because we weren't Canada until uh, <coughs> the 1800s. Technicality. But you hear that geekscapist who are Canadian <laughs> and listen, and I think there are a couple of you, and I think you've written on the Facebook group or something and you used, well, yeah, we burned down Canada as your um, mic drop. Pick the mic back up. It wasn't you at the time. <laughs> well, that's, see, that's the other fun thing about um, if you're a Canadian, then you're a Commonwealth citizen. Right. So if I had um, been smart about it and moved to a Commonwealth country, I wouldn't have to pay as much money to become a citizen. Because like India, England, Australia, New Zealand, we're all kind of under the same banner. So okay. it's easier to like live and work in places like that. But uh, I came to a non-Commonwealth country, the most non-Commonwealth country. You know what? I'm starting to get even more scrambled hearing about all that stuff because... Uh, you've really done your research on this stuff. Yeah. And I also took Canadian history growing up. <laughs> <laughs> you won't imagine what we took. Well, you know, American history was an elective in my high school that was it really? never ran. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were like, oh, you should learn about the U.S. US history is yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, like, it never ran. Our course called The West in the World, which was like European history, that mm -hmm. one always ran. Because they have castles and shit. That's, right. Right. That's much cooler. I don't want to hear about the racists. <laughs> um, so you, um, do you, are there other superheroes in the book, I'm guessing, because there's so many countries and there each country are, has it. And one of my rewards um, is because I'm just crowdfunding the first chapter and then after that I'm going to make the graphic novel. And you can, uh, you can 
get a cameo where you would be the representative of whatever country you're from or whatever country you chose. So if you donate and you live in America, well, I'm sorry, I already have an American <laughs> yeah, hero, but say your family you is German, you right. could be the German hero. Or if you wanted to be a sidekick, I would make you a sidekick. Right, um, you can be the Eagles, like... Cowboy. Yeah, I have an idea for who I want the Danish hero to be, but um, sure, we're I gonna wait for the Dane to donate or not. Figured that out yet? I it, just have because I can make like a Robin joke about it. So that's why I'm very excited. If you're Danish and you're gonna donate, claim your spot. Otherwise, it's gonna go to the Robin joke. That's right. <laughs> that's how this thing works. Well, that's exciting. When do you? Um, okay, so it runs for a month. Yeah, thirty days. Okay, so you got middle of March to middle of April. And then you'll be a citizen by? So um, I will have filed everything officially like a week and a half from now. And then it can take up to 18 months. Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, but it could take much less time. It's just how long it spends being thought, processed and filed. I thought just the marriage thing was going to help this thing a lot. It does. Okay. Got it. <laughs> it's like, actually right. the easiest, cheapest, most streamlined way to do it is to, is to get married. But that's not why I wrote the letter. Okay, that's not why she did it. No, we and all... I gave Jonathan the choice of doing it or not. She did. You, <laughs> and he you chose were like, to. "Do you want to write a letter?" I was like, "Okay, wait." Yes, if I write the letter, you stay. If I don't write the letter, you get expelled back to the Canadian wastes and have to fight wolverines for meat. Yeah. Yeah. No, stay. I don't. I don't. Sell you good existence. I don't think people understand either, like how much work it is. Like, uh, we can talk about the. I can talk about the money over and over again, and that is a very prohibitive thing like we we only know, want wealthy immigrants truly it's <laughs> Look at what's happening in our southern border process <laughs> we only want wealthy immigrants we don't want these kids from you, venezuela you do have to prove like how much money you make per year and things like that mm -hmm. um you do have to be employed and a productive member Looking of society and yeah things like that jason designed it <laughs> it's available jason, on our pt public store really? yeah the nightcrawler bamf shirt yeah That's awesome it's <laughs> a cool shirt tpublic.com slash drawin slash door <laughs> you guys are just making stuff you guys are like what else can we sell yeah we don't sleep making much stuff. Um, but a big part about um, hmm. immigrating to I would assume it's the same in every country but my experience is only immigrating to the United States is you do need like um, a lot of photo evidence you need to have sure. traveled together you need Amer I have like 150 Americans vouching for me in various ways like the letters are a big thing um Employment records are a big thing. Sure. Like you need a whole army of Americans at your back. So by the end, I'm going to have like a battalion of you guys. And the Kickstarter. And the Kickstarter. Uh, to help her pay for this because it's starting to sound like you're like... <laughs> I've been working like a on lot of money. this step since November. <laughs> <laughs> Who's drawing the book? Uh, Manuel Chateauneuf. She's an amazing Canadian artist. I really wanted a Canadian female to be my partner on this because there are a lot of... Canadian jokes in it. Um, I try to make American jokes. I think my Canadian jokes are better. Um, the Will Americans get your Canadian jokes? I don't know because I was explaining this to a Canadian and he thought it was funny, but Jason didn't think it was funny. The Canadian hero whose death they're investigating, his name is Ed Fitzgerald and he is the ghost of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And I don't know if Americans know what that is. Okay. It's a big freighter that crashed in the Great Lakes, and there's a very famous song about it called The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Gordon Lightfoot. I love that song. <laughs> okay, I actually do love that song. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> and if people don't know, I always send them the clips of um, Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles singing it on Whose Line Is I It love Anyway? That, I love that song. <laughs> I knew it was a ship. I did not know who the human was yeah. that was named after. So he's like... 
the personification of the boat. But who was Edmund Fitzgerald, who the boat was named after? I don't know. Because I only know the, the yeah. I only know the Gordon Lightfoot yeah. song. Um, but so like, there's jokes like that in it, um, and so I wanted her to at least understand where I was coming from and have like an interesting take on how to translate that to the page. And I truly, this is why the internet is magical. I googled best Canadian independent comic book artists, and she did a semi-autobiographical comic called Queen Street. So the CBC named her like she's in Toronto. Uh, but I where don't Queen Street know is. where she is, okay. <laughs> to be honest. Because Queen Street has one of the best comic book stores. Uh, Silver Snail. It has, it's the best. Yeah. Or at least it used to be on Queen Street. I think it's on another street now. Uh, is it really? I, I haven't been to Toronto in a long yeah. time. Um, and, and I liked her work there. And so I just emailed her out of the blue. And I was like, this is my pitch. This is what I'm doing with it. Do you want to be a part of it? She said, yes. She's completely amazing. She's super communicative. She designed her logos. I am so lucky to have her. And she's a great artist who, when I write my layout, she's like, hey, I really think we should do another panel here. Um, or she'll like break my panels and have characters reaching outside of them like in a way that I just can't visualize because I'm not an artist. Do you dialogue when you write your panels or do you write your panels and dialogue? I write full script. Yeah. I find that to be so like choppy. What a choppy, like a really choppy way to write mm-hmm. for me. It's like there's not just that flow you get in a screenplay. Yeah. Um, it feels like I'm shot listing while I'm writing. You are. Which is like really hard for me. I really have... (laughs) Because every... It feels like every panel is like an excuse for my ADD to be like reset every time. Does that make sense? Yes. I don't know. And I... But I will always defer. Like I will put as much detail in there as possible, but I always defer to the artist. I'm like, hey... You know better. Like I'm, I'm not artistic um, mm-hmm. in the in the traditional sense of like drawing or painting. Um, so I'll always let her. If she has an idea, do what she wants, and it always turns out to be for the better. And she's elevated it and made it so beautiful and so whimsical in a way that I had never anticipated. And I'm really happy for that. And there's a sequence, and there's actually going to be a picture of this on the Kickstarter campaign. That's a reference to um, all the times Wolverine has been a mentor to like young girls in the X Men series, and she knew immediately what I meant. She knew immediately the pictures that I was referencing. Creepy or not creepy? Um, I love it. You love that that Wolverine's like I'm gonna take this girl under my wing. I do. I'm a daddy's girl though. Okay. So like I love a young woman with a strong male role model who has her sure. back, and like it's not and it's completely platonic. Like yes, I love. But that. he's also a. a a sociopathic murderer. Yeah, but I mean, he's <laughs> would, would you the trust, coolest. Would you trust your daughter with Cyclops or trust your daughter with? Oh no, Wolverine. Wolverine. For why, sure. Now why is that? Um, Cyclops Cy- will try and make a move. Cyclops is like Mister Doctor Hero Man. He's like Jack yeah. from Lost. You know, like okay, he's he'll get her killed. He, <laughs> but he'll fix her spine after. Right. Um. But like, he's the guy who always, who he's a Boy Scout, right? He operates. On French Street. There's nothing deceptive about him. I mean, you could argue... Why wouldn't you want your daughter with that guy? No, but you would. Yeah. So you would want her to go with Cyclops. But the thing about Wolverine is that Wolverine is a powerhouse. Like, Cyclops, by all accounts, is, like, defeatable in a way that Wolverine is not. Okay. And Wolverine just appeals to, like, that weird part of your... Of a female brain where you're like, yeah, I want someone who's... Because women are fixers, you know? <coughs> right. So you want oh, someone broken and damaged. Up, yeah. Right. Okay. Are there any other X-Men that could raise... Like, I mean, what would Nightcrawler do? Besides teleport her accidentally into a wall or something like that. And, like... Well, in, Nightcrawler is interesting, right? Because it depends on when in his story you meet him. Because right at the beginning when he was super, super Catholic, he would just keep you at arm's length. Sure. Because you can't can't touch. 
Well, if it's a platonic relationship, they're, mm-hmm. they're fine. I'm, we're talking about like, yeah, like the the lone wolf and cub type relationship yes. that Wolverine keeps getting, and we saw it in the in the Logan movie. Um, but I mean, narratively, that serves to humanize him because he's a complete dick to everyone else, sure. right? So if you bring him down to the level of like caring for an innocent then we understand in the shorthand of pop culture that he is a good guy. And they did it with The Punisher recently in that second season. I haven't watched the second season. Okay. Um, Geek Savings, if you have, you can go listen. That's fine. You You can can spoil it. Well, you can go listen to Ian and I talk about it, but there's parts in that season where that protector storyline works, and there's parts where that protector storyline kind of Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be there anymore and might actually distract from the the story. Um, Well, there shouldn't have been a second season of it. No. Let's be honest. Uh, I want to it's see where the Jigsaw perfect, thing went. It's a great, it's my favorite season. Marvel Netflix that first season, but I really wanted to see where that Jigsaw thing was, went. And uh, and as you guys know from the special, I was not totally amazed by where it went. And it's okay. Because it's someone else's deal. And they can have their deal and they can tell their stories the way they want to tell their stories. And it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And I'm okay with there being that interpretation of Jigsaw. Um, so... I'm still kind of fascinated. I'm like, wait a minute. But my head. This is how my head is working right now. I'm like, you know, Weezer name dropped Gordon Lightfoot on their Red album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they may have name dropped that song or Sundown. It's such a good song. Yeah. Um, I almost put it in my Kickstarter video, <coughs> um, but I don't own it, so no, I no, did not. It's a expensive song, I'm sure. I would imagine so. And you only get like up to 11 seconds before you can get in suable territory. Okay. So I did. I didn't touch That's it. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then the other one was just exploring which X-Men would be okay taking care of a 10-year-old girl. Depends um, on if she's superpowered or not, too, right? Yeah, I mean, my favorite would have always been Colossus. Mm-hmm. I love Colossus. he's my favorite X-Man. And do you like him and Kitty? He's, he's so sensitive. I do, of course. And she's younger than him for by a little bit, but... Um, I like that relationship. Um, his relationship with magic is like that, too. I mean, she's yes. his actual sister. His, yeah, but. so he's... Protective of her, and she's in a goth, so it, it gets weird. Um, and then I just never thought much of Gambit, so that rogue thing is, like, just weird. Uh, I don't care for a rogue either, so it's, like, yeah. tough for me we to... We talked about that sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, in, weren't they going to have, like, a wedding? Like, the X one There's a whole series where yeah. they're married. Right? It's Mr. and Mrs. X. And the whole thing is... Oh, yeah, because it was supposed to be Colossus and Kitty who got married, and they, and they did a whole switcheroo Marvel did a whole switcheroo and instead ended up marrying Gambit and and uh, Rogue and and Rogue and everybody was like yeah okay (laughs) go back to Age of Apocalypse marry Magneto Um, (laughs) I will say though the Uncanny books I I was hard on them when they did this most recent Uh relaunch and like there were like a million multiple mans and all this weird stuff was going on and I had no idea what was happening that being said I kept with it because I know you, Jason, and I had discussed the that because it was very fresh. The first issue of this relaunch, mm-hmm. or you know, number one relaunch, had just come back out, and I was like, I don't know what the hell's happening. It's not the team I care about. It's like, yeah. you know, it's it's you know, Jean Grey, but it's also like other characters you don't really care about, and they're spending a lot of time on the younger X Men that you don't really care about, and then they they started utilizing the characters in all these different ways, and it, the story just got really weird, and. I got into it. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Geeks gave us, by now, Ian Kerner and our friend Justin and I are trading texts. I was like, Uncanny's really good. And we're like 15 issues in, and, and I'm actually 
liking it. So, are you going to read X Men Red, the team that Jean leads with Nightcrawler? Yes. It's, well, I'm in. This is what Marvel does. It's They're like, so good. I will say this. Yeah. I hate Jean Grey. To me, she's the ultimate Mary Sue. I have yes. no space for her. I don't like her. X-Men Red makes me understand why people like Jean Grey and why she should lead a team. Never it's just one it. volume. I, I, to me, it was always punk rock Aurora. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was always, like, in on Storm, having the, hair, having the mohawk, and that was and really... And married to T'Challa? Well, way before that. I mean, this was when she was... This before she was dating Forge and all that. She was oh, literally... Yeah, yeah. Forge. Like, she was with... It was like just after the Morlocks. It was, I think, a little bit before New Mutants and, or Death of the uh, of the uh, Fall of the X. What was it? Um, Ian's yelling at me right now, psychically. But uh, fall, <laughs> it, was before, it was right before Fall of the Mutants. Yeah, yeah. And that whole storyline and where they thought the X Men died in, in Dallas. So I guess this was like 1986, 87, 88 when I'm like, I can read, and this is what I choose yeah. to read. And you want to know something? My parents loved, hadn't met in those years. <laughs> I love punk rock Aurora. I love the one with the. I love Aurora with the uh, mohawk, rocking out and leading the X Men after after we had uh, the Boy Scout not able to do it. So that's kind of my era of the X Men. Um, I like that we can talk X Men. So listen, this thing goes out. Is there a publisher for the trade paperback? Uh, not yet. Mm. We shall see. <laughs> And um, so you just keep making these comics. Once you move to the States, okay, Jason has a job. He's yeah. enjoying his job. He's working in television. Well, you have a job now. You can now get a job. Well, I have a job now. Wait, what's your job? I haven't, like, I've been on a, I've been on a work visa for, like, years and years and years. Oh, you work at the store? No, you used to work at the store. Yeah. Well, talk, break, wait, catch me up. You used to work at Earth 2. <laughs> yes, for, you, like, years and years. Do you still work at Earth 2? No. So what's your job now? Everything I do is freelance. And so what's just di- different things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like writing and hosting. And I'm going to do the Collider Game of Thrones show in April when that launches. Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah. But so I came originally on a student visa, came and went to school. Can't work on a student visa. Got a work visa. Got a green card. No. Getting citizenship. Yeah, it's too much. It's been literally my entire adult life. But you that's see good. all this stuff that's it's happening with our country and you still want in? I want to vote. You want to change And all my, you know, I have a family here now and so I have when, a cat. Does it piss you off when someone who does have that citizenship is like, I don't vote. Yes. Or I'm moving to Canada if this happens. When people say that, I'm like, I hope you know a good lawyer. Um, I hope you have thousands of dollars saved up because you can't, I mean, you can't just go. They will find you. They will deport you. Really? Every time. They're I mean, so nice. you can go for... Between Canada and America, you can go seven months less a day. That's how long you can stay before you have to return to your home country. What? So you can go seven months minus one day. Okay. So instead of the full, it's six months and 29 what days. What if one of those months is February? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Don't, go in, don't waste February. <laughs> go in March. <laughs> Get a full month. You um, want those 31-day months. You don't want to fuck around. Yeah, but every time you go and you scan your passport, you, start, the you, clock starts. you get an I-94... Which is your international travel form. You can find them online. Yeah. Your I-94. So the next time you swipe the passport, it says when you've gone. If you break that, you get banned from the country. You can't go back. Oh. So. Okay. Something to remember. A lot of people say that, and I'm like, that's really cute. Like, good luck. (laughs) I'm moving. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone says that. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is where my life is, and this is where I want to be, and my, you know, my family's here, and... Well, my work is here. My friends are here, and I've lived here for nine years. But I'm not so. your stepdad yet. Not your yet. Not here yet. No. Wait, what family? 
Family. Oh, Jason's family. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, they count. My too. cat. <laughs> Canadian family still counts, okay? Well, sure, but they're far away. Yeah, well. Look, exactly one of my family members came out for my wedding, so they're on thin ice. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. They were all invited. Yes. Your brother didn't want to come and... Like, oh, he was not invited. Oh, shit. <laughs> my, oh, Jesus. My mom got very mad about that. She, she wanted you to invite him? Yes. And I was like, well, we haven't spoken in like 15 years. How Actually, am I supposed to invite do him? do you believe that he is the way he is because you didn't show him enough love or invite him to your wedding? No. Did you lead him down this path? No. Um, I don't think he cares. I think he's the way he is because he thinks he was hard done by and he thinks his male role model was taken from him unjustly. Yeah, that's some deep shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I can see that. But you know what? Fuck, yeah. We, we, all, of, yeah. Have, we, we all have stuff, and the older I get, the more I realize that. Like, we all have losses. We all have tragedies. We all have trauma, and you can't Jay dwell Washington, in them Jay Washington the just has five times as much. Uh, you <laughs> know, kidding. Jay Jay did live in his car for a minute, <laughs> yeah, so. Jay came on the show and admitted that he, when we met, he lived in his car. Yeah. He didn't even tell me. I know that. I was like, come on, Jay. Yeah. Um... But that's all to say, yeah. everyone has stuff and you can't, and if you can't get out of your stuff, maybe go to the National Institute of Psychotherapy and get some free therapy. Yeah, they have that in Canada. We no, don't. they have that here. The Wait, National Institute. Tell me again about this. So I just learned this recently and I, I'm fascinated by it. The National Institute of Psychotherapy, it's in New York, but they can refer you to like local affiliates or you can go to any major university. To become a psychotherapist or a psychologist, you have to do like thousands of of practice Volunteer hours, out. right? Okay, got it. So you can go to centers that work with those people trying to get their hours, and they have a sliding scale that goes all the way down to free for all kinds of therapy because these people need to put their hours in. That is such an incredible resource that I'm not sure people know about. Yeah. <laughs> it is called the what? National Institute of Psychotherapy. Whoa. So. And they're not just going to, like, put you in cages. and They're not the bad guys from movies? No, they're the... I'm Doesn't it to, sound like they're the bad guys in movies? They, they do. They sound like, like they're going to inject us and give us Wolverine claws. It's yeah. like, I'm not against. Wait, but. we're the National Institute of what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why is Dr. Mindbender from Cobra in here? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my point is, in America, there are things like that. They're just tricky about it, right? Because like... Yeah, they name them shit no like that. No one knows so like, about no, I don't, that. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> what are you putting on my body? <laughs> I don't want experiments done on me. It sounds like they would experiment on you. Uh, sounds, I mean, maybe. Nationally. How interested are you in, uh, we need you know, to, yeah. drugs? <laughs> How badly do you want the cure? Um, the, the national, They're doing that storyline on The Flash right now. Are they really? Yeah, in Metahuman Cure. What do you think about this thing that they announced about Arrow ending after eight seasons, and the last season being a truncated ten, ten episodes? Um... I think if you make it to eight seasons, why not stick it out for ten? Really? Yes, because... Two, why? Two thoughts. <laughs> it's as, such an arbitrary number. <laughs> well, so few hour-long shows get to ten seasons. So few hour-long genre shows get to ten seasons. It's like Stargate SG-1 and nothing. Plus, they just hit their 150th episode. Before they hit the end... If they did full seasons, before they hit the end of season... 10 they would have 200 episodes do you know how much money you make off 200 episodes in syndication sure. that being said if the stories aren't there the stories aren't there as someone do you still watch the show yes are the stories still there? no okay but so if how I'm, are you gonna if, drag out another if, two well seasons? if i'm Stephen amell i don't think i give a shit about how good the stories are right um but also doesn't he love the character has he failed the city i mean yes but Wait, uh, he has? oh so many times i mean 
Star City suffers like a major disaster every May. That's <laughs> 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 just, just how it happens. Steven, <laughs> your head is clearly not in the game. We're going to call it at 10 episodes. Um, I also think episode 10 is traditionally the episode that is the DCTV crossover. I think this year's DCTV crossover is Crisis on Infinite Earths. And he dies. I think in Crisis on Infinite Earths, there's typically a character who dies, and it's not going to be Barry Allen. Um, Jason and I are doing a 12 episode video documentary on our patreon about crisis on infinite earth okay. where we have dctv predictions so people can go and learn my full thoughts there but i don't yeah. think that's i don't think the truncated season is an accident okay um, <laughs> but maybe they bring him back later as like the one-armed like arrow well we saw one-armed arrow in the alternate legends of tomorrow future with connor hawk okay so they don't do that well we could but, why not i mean we see, we can we see how it happens. Time travel and alternate yeah. universes are so arbitrary. Yeah, in that it doesn't show. matter anymore. Yeah. Okay. He'll be back, even if even if Earth One Ollie dies, we'll see we'll see him in other. You things. think Steve will come back and do cameos? Mm-hmm, and I that's do. That's just the way the Berlanti verse happens. Yeah. In reading about this, because I really did fall off of all the Berlanti shows. Um, after, Black Lightning is so good. I know, and that's what I want to talk about because, like, after after season two of Flash and season three or four of of Arrow after they put like them in a in the bubble and I really didn't it really didn't work for me the first season of uh, Legends mm-hmm. uh, and then they just started going off and like I watched the first season of Supergirl but then Supergirl starts working its way back onto the CW and then that thing starts doing a crossover and then now I have four shows I have to watch between Flash Arrow Supergirl and it's five Legends. with Black Lightning and now but the, what I heard but it's not the same universe is what it's I heard. not yeah so why would I want to watch that because it's not the same universe. That's exactly why you want to watch so it because it's not me. bogged down okay. by any of the bullshit. So Black Lightning yeah. was originally developed. It's developed by Salima Keel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only show that's not developed by Berlanti or uh, the now canceled Kreisberg. So it was developed completely separately. The pilot was cast and shot by Fox, which is oh, why, interesting. speaking in broad strokes, it's a better cast, better shot show. Um, a friend of mine, Lamont McGee, writes on it, and you can tell in the writing that it is a family drama first and it is a superhero show second. It's about Jefferson, um, his ex-wife, and their two children, and each episode deals with a new social issue that the metahuman stuff f- parallels in a meta-narrative way. So the first scene of Black Lightning is Jefferson Pierce, who is the principal and a respected member of the community being pulled over for driving while black. Okay. Um, and it deals a lot with like um, the shooting of unarmed black teens. It's very social. It's very relevant. And because it is so self-contained, it doesn't get bogged down in like any of the flashpoint bullshit. Because I'm sitting anything here watching like it that. being like, and no, they're only 16 episode seasons. They're short. And knowing that they're on the CW. Yeah. I'm like, wait. Is it? The, I didn't. So Fox I honestly, didn't pick it up. So CW bought it from Fox. And I honestly didn't know until I started reading about this Stephen Amell thing that, or the you know the Arrow coming to an end thing that it was not even in the same universe. It hasn't I, appeared in any of the crossovers yet. I kept just expecting to see Black Lightning hanging out with these guys and yeah. doing this thing, and and it's not in the same universe nope. yet. It's also cool because Cress Williams is like in his mid to late forties. Uh-huh. Like he is an adult person. He had been Black Lightning previously, put that to bed, and now that his daughters are older, he's picking it back up again. Okay. Um, so it's a more nuanced so idea a with like a longer history. Yeah, it's not 
it's not an origin story in the way that like we're traditionally used to seeing in the CW verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just I think there's no weak casting choice in it of the main players. I mean, some of the day players, sure, here and there. It happens. But um, on all of the other shows, in my opinion, there's at least one main cast member who is a bad choice. I will ask you to name them. I'm kidding. I, I, w- I would. Um, really? Sure. I mean, I don't know these people. Okay. And they sometimes people are bad in one thing and good in other things. It totally. just means I don't like what they're doing on the show. It doesn't sure. mean... I said bad. Maybe that's not... One that I don't like. Right. It doesn't mean they're a bad performer and not worthy of the part. It just means they're not to my taste. Um, also, Black Lightning shoots in Atlanta. So unlike all the Arrowverse shows, they don't shoot under that one bridge in Vancouver all the time <laughs> at night. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you yep. know, it, it looks very distinct. So everything about it for me is it's unique. It's a different POV than we're used to. And it's just firing on all cil- cylinders. And they shot one and two both seasons in less than a year. So that's the one I want to watch. Yes. Because I am looking the, at this Arrow thing and I'm like, okay, well, Arrow's coming to an end. Maybe I go back and just catch up on I would hundreds watch, of hours of television. I would watch the fifth season of Arrow. It's really good. They solved the gun control issue in a single episode. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't watch the rest of it. Yeah. Now, I, when they put the dome over the city and all this yeah. crazy shit started to happen and like Merlin was like, I was like, fuck, I don't, I, I, this is hurting my head. I'm so sick of that character and I every time he shows up, happening. they're like, we should work with him. I'm like, or you shouldn't. Don't do it. Yeah. And like, you know, and then you had the introduction of Razal Ghul and freaking what's her name was stepping up to him with the glasses. You know, oh Felicity. Felicity was going up to him and like talking shit, and I was like, they're married now. Yeah, but I was like, they they have two kids now. But I was like, okay, now you cut to the shot of Felicity's head bouncing downstairs. Yeah, because he she literally just went up and fucking put her finger in Razal Ghul's hand, like chest, and was like talking shit. And I'm like. And she dies, right? Yeah. This makes no sense. That, he was not a great Razzle Ghoul. And then, I don't watch Gotham, but Alexander Siddig played Razzle Ghoul on Gotham, and I was so mad that he didn't play Razzle Ghoul on Arrow, because he's so good. But you, and you don't watch Gotham? No. I, I stopped watching Gotham after we introduced a 14-year-old girl with a two-minute shot of her ass in the pilot. Uh, That's how you meet Catwoman. So I said, no, thank fuck. you. I, remember, I think I watched the first or second, first one or two seasons, and... Um, yeah, I don't remember that shot, but I don't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me feel dirty. I get really mad about it. <laughs> you should. That's gross. <laughs> uh, and I don't even think they were passing that girl off as her 14. I think that, I think they were trying to... I think she was supposed to be cool, a, a bit younger. younger yeah. yeah, it's like... Ugh. Uh, and you watched Captain Marvel? Yes. And you enjoyed it? Yes. Okay. I just read this article. I'll send it to you. In in Geekscape is like um, I won't I won't go into spoilers or things here on the movie because we have that special for it and it's the movie just came out I'm gonna give you guys a chance to watch it. yeah really <laughs> um, but I found it to be an okay movie like a fine movie and but I was but I also found myself watching it twice mm-hmm. two days in a row and being happy that it existed and mm-hmm. I just read this article from a new writer at Variety and it kind of put into my it kind of put in perspective how I felt about the movie because I feel like the structure of the movie works against, you know, I feel like, like if you're if you're a woman and you're, you've been waiting for a movie like this and this level of representation, that's really why you'd want to watch this movie and, and it, why it fucking kicks ass for you and it's why I think the movie should be supported because people should have movies that really speak to them because... We've had movies that speak to us as males for a very long time. But I read this article on Variety, 
And it was a female writer talking about how the movie, yeah, it's fine. It's a fine movie. But she was happy that the movie was just a fine movie. Not the greatest, not the worst. Because she was like, every time we have a moment, because this has to become the norm. Uh Because every time we have a momentous moment for a minority Mm -hmm. or a female, it needs to be ten times better than the male equivalent. Yes. And, and, and this proves that it doesn't need to be ten times better than the... You know, it's like, if you're a black filmmaker, it has to be ten times better than the white version, or else it doesn't mean anything, because mm-hmm. you're competing at the level of, of, of disadvantage and just getting to that stage. Yeah. And I read that, I was like, oh, that makes a, fucking, that makes a lot of sense. I was super happy with it. I was happy with this movie... Even though it's not one of my top five Marvel movies, no, and I'm okay I would, with that. I would agree with that. Like I enjoyed watching it, but by this point, we've seen twenty, sure. nineteen Marvel movies. Like it is just a Marvel movie origin. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, and it's good for that. Um, but to me, it doesn't break the mold. Right. Um, I think the people who are like out of their head excited about it are the people who already love the character. Sure. Um, I think it would have. I think it could have done like. I I know we shouldn't pit these movies against each other, and I, I don't mean to pit them against each other. I just mean it as a societal comparison. Wonder <coughs> Woman became a cultural event. Sure. The first season of Supergirl was a cultural event. Okay. And in my opinion... <laughs> Wait, but it still got moved to the CW. It did, but I mean people's reaction sure. to it. Um, I don't feel like Captain Marvel has hit on that same level, and I think it's because we're getting it in phase four. But it made if half we, a billion dollars. It did, um, but it's already getting mixed reviews. It's already getting a lot of negativity behind it in the way that like other similar things haven't. Do you think and that the movie is as good as Wonder Woman? I don't. So I don't. Right. Um, don't you think the content has something to do with I it? Do think, I do think it does, but I think if we had had this in phase one, if we had had this in 2010... Or even phase two with a, with a Black Widow movie. Exactly. I think it would resonate more than it does. We have had so many goddamn Marvel movies now that we know the formula. It's all just Iron Man redux. But that didn't stop Black Panther. And I argue that Black no, Panther it, structurally it, is it, Thor number one. It didn't. Absolutely it is. But I think, well, in my opinion... Um, if you look at the people behind the camera who worked on Black Panther, it is a long, lot of strong black creators. You saw them all at the Oscars right. making speeches. When you, look yeah. at, um, when you look at Captain Marvel, there's two directors. One is a woman, one is a man. Sure. There's six screenwriters, two right. are women. Like there, were, there was more African representation and African American representation mm. in Black Panther than there is female representation in Captain Marvel. Sure. Um, Meanwhile, you have Patty Jenkins making Wonder Woman. Right. And she had already won and, from and Mo- she, she made Mon- she, she she made Monster. Yeah. Did she not. Yeah. And she- and she <coughs> kept her crew majority right. female. So like, I'm not saying that you can only work on movies that represent who you are. I think everyone should be able to work on everything. But I do think when you're making a piece that is a statement and that is your first step in representing it's worth having as many beta testers as possible and and i think that's what i liked about this article was saying hey this actually needs to be normalized we actually actually need to not make that big of a deal about women having these jobs because they're allowed to make these movies anyway and it reminds me of but until we get a woman directing an iron man movie it it is a big deal it reminds me of like when I walked out of Venom, mm-hmm. and I may have said this on the show, may not have Geekscapist, but Ruben Fleischer, we all love Zombieland. Yeah. But then he goes and makes, I think, what is it? What was the L.A. Noir movie 
the uh, that didn't do well, the pizza delivery heist movie, or either like whatever with Jesse Eisenberg, and, and that didn't do well. And and he'd done some television really well and, and stuff like that, but it it wasn't like Zombieland turned Ruben Fleischer into this stratospheric yeah, yeah, big yeah. director. And then he did Venom, which major box office, huge box office, can't deny the box office. I don't think it's a very successful. I don't yeah, think it's yeah. a very good movie. I didn't see it. <laughs> but, but it's clear that he had had multiple at bats mm-hmm. because of Zombieland, even though his follow ups to Zombieland were not successful. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have somebody who has a successful, if you're a female, you have a successful film, and then you're f- just. You don't get those at bats. No. And you don't get Venom. No. And I remember my first thought. But you can thought, even see the same thing with people, directors who I won't name, who have assaulted people who are still allowed to work on their projects. Totally. You know. It's fucked up. And not that Ruben Fletcher's ever no, done no, no, those no, things. No, I no, no, no. I, I, I hear Ruben's awesome. Um, I just wish Venom had been a better movie. <laughs> um, and hopefully Zombieland 2 is awesome. But... Um, the uh, and, and none of that is like the, my problems with Venom is so much on like the scripts. It always comes out of the script, doesn't it? Yes, because um, <laughs> if it's not there on paper. Yeah, in this movie here, uh, there are structural issues with not wanting to tell a traditional origin story yet having to tell some f- form of an origin story that well, cause she's really not... told things out of order with her memory and this and that. And I was like, I'm having trouble holding on to something. In getting some traction in my investment in this film, I mean, and we'll, you know, but it's still kind of cool. I admire that we're trying to get away from the traditional origin because we've seen it so many times, and because comics is the perpetual second act, we never get the ending. Yeah. So we're gonna tell a lot of beginnings, but I think starting in media res works with a character like Spider-Man, where everyone knows Peter Parker bit by Spider Spider-Man. Like yeah. we all know those. I mean, not. Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers is not relevant in that same way. And does she even have the comic book? Or people were like, "No." Was it? Yeah. Somebody asked me. She's, it's not. Uh, we were filming yesterday, and Phil Lamar, um, one of our actors on Chasing Fletcher Allen, he also he, huge genre star, <laughs> huge genre guy. He was gonna. He was. He. Uh, he was gonna take his kids yesterday after we wrapped to Captain Marvel, and he said, "What do you think?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to muddy too many people's opinions yeah, before yeah. they've seen the movie." Um, but he goes, did it stick to the comics? Really, you can't say that about Captain Marvel because there's no definitive run, really. Like, you're, I mean, Kelly Sue comics, like Marvel Now, is probably yeah. the most definitive. But you're right. Like, she's also she's how Rogue got her powers. Yeah, there's so many places. In some, somebody had a really great she meme. Also, was pregnant, went to space, and got <laughs> unpregnant. So mm. <laughs> there's so many different stories that are just as I think weird and just in like yeah. there's just so many different flavors of that character that there's there wasn't really an iconic one that you could put down as a nice spine for a film and in we'll just see how this works but um there was a really funny meme of it was of Captain Marvel in the subway sequence that we've all seen from the trailer yes. where she punches the old lady who's a scroll and it had the shot of Captain Marvel looking down at the old lady just in a single and then the shot of the old lady instead of that it was a shot of rogue uh, Anna Patrick <laughs> like Anna Patrick's rogue looking up at her and being like this shit's about to go down that's so like, here we funny. go rogue versus Captain Marvel let's go I do actually think they did a good job at parsing like a passable origin for yeah. her from what they had and I think they did a good job distilling down her personality because um, Carol has a lot of traits that like I would consider unlikable mm-hmm. which is interesting when you take a step away from it because they're um, unlikable qualities in a female but there are a lot of personality traits that other characters like Tony Stark 
sure. is like their base personality. Right. But we like it because he's Tony Stark and he's yeah. a man. So like, I think the movie, I think it's going to succeed more in like the discussions that people are having and maybe what could spin out. Like she's obviously going to be an important part of Endgame. I think she's probably going to be the person who saves Tony. Speaking of him, she's going to at least punch Thanos in the face once. Like yeah. I think the legacy of that character cinematically is going to be after this movie. Sure. Um, whereas like Wonder Woman, and again, I know the comparison is trite and obvious, but she succeeded in being like the first one to do that. Like the success of that is the impact of that first movie. Yeah. So Geekscapers had a pretty good episode here, didn't we? We talked about some real shit. We talked about some real shit in the escapist fiction shit. So we talked about that stuff in a real way, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk to Ashley and talk to talk, talk about what's going on in her life right now. Which is, and how Jonathan know, is joining my family. Joining, yeah, how I'm going to become her stepdad. This is all moving so fast. <laughs> um, the, yeah. And um, it, But there's one thing I want you guys to take away from this. I want you guys to go to Kickstarter. I want you guys to search for Aurora and the Eagle. I want you guys to get Ashley uh, kickstarted. And then I want her to get the money and I want her to come to the U.S. And then I want her to work in the slave mines of Southern... No, I'm kidding. That's, <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. They, they don't have that here. They, they might have that here. I mean, I used to but, pack boxes at Loot Crate. I know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's not even a lie. <laughs> I, I just in remember, an air-conditioned warehouse in Pasadena. <laughs> I remember responding to Jason. Uh, I forget what he said, but I was like, yes, make her a citizen, then make her pay taxes. And Jason goes... She does pay taxes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Well, then yeah, let's, pay, let's, 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 let's let these immigrants and in. And I cannot claim unemployment. Yeah, let's let these immigrants <laughs> in our southern border and then just tax the shit out of them. Well, that's the thing is you have to be a legal immigrant. Right, well, bring them in legally. No, I agree a thousand percent. Do this thing. Get, get some more interviewers. I'll go down and interview. We'll do it. Yeah. I heard a really scary... Um, my friend Nina went down there and handed out a bunch of stuff. And um, man, she had... A, she, we were having tacos last weekend and she was talking about how she had taken a, a car full of stuff from a, a Walmart down there and given it to she, I mean it was so hard for her to find even a shelter to give mm-hmm. these people like which shelter is not corrupt yeah which shelter is not being run by organized crime down there mm-hmm. and then once these people get an interview in the short window that they or the they wait years for these interviews mm-hmm. and then the interviews are like done underground in a weird compound mm-hmm. under our border in freezing temperatures and you're given a blanket and you might be down there a few days mm-hmm. and they're really just i mean it's like fucking survivor mm-hmm. or hands on a hard body or some shit it's like if you survive this process long enough then you can become then you can get your interview to become a, a, a citizen dude you gotta marry in i think geekscapist <laughs> let's say valentine's day came and went and you spent it like me watching uh you know uh, what was the uh, Robert Rodriguez movie? <laughs> like you ended up watching Alita on the big screen, and that's how you. Oh, spent, we watched Lego Movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's how you spent spent. Maybe you spent Valentine's Day by yourself, like I did, and you're like, man, I wish I just, I just wish I just met somebody I could love. go down there to the border, marry somebody, Pick one. Yeah. and then get them through the process like Ashley's working, and then we can tax them. Uh, but don't make them go hang out in a cold room in our in in Mexico. Why are you going to turn away people who want to work? <laughs> totally, that's my question. Absolutely. <laughs> you want to complain about millennials not working? There's lots of people who <laughs> want to work in this country. Just let us. <laughs> so geeks gave us. This is what you're going to do. Kickstarter. Aurora and the Eagle, get her into this country, 
And at least let her pay for this stuff. It's up to the country whether or not they want to approve her. But yeah. at least give her a fighting chance. And we have a bunch of cool um, script reviews and portfolio reviews from way bigger people than me in the industry because I want as many other people making comics as possible. So consider checking those out if you want to make comics. Those are actually really cool resources. Yeah, our best one, I think, is uh, Liam Sharp, who draws the Green Lantern and drew Wonder Woman, is doing one portfolio review. So That's awesome. Buy that on the first day, guys. <laughs> Please. It opens up in a day or two uh, on Wednesday of this week um, on the 13th, is that right? That's right. On the 13th of March. So, Geekscapists, have your credit cards in your names and your fingers ready to click on that. No, use your debit cards. On, you know, you guys get it. Just go to the Kickstarter and support it. Um, this is Geekscape. This is what we do, and we're uh, you're going to be at WonderCon. Heck yeah! I'm going to be at WonderCon. I think I'm going to be on a panel at WonderCon. Um, and uh, you're we'll usually moving and shaking at <laughs> at the LA cons. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll be down at WonderCon. We'll be having fun, um, and that is in a few weeks. Geekscape is so we're close, and we'll take you there with us. But um, it's we're here now. You guys got your mission. We will hear from you guys you guys will hear from us in a few days but um you guys got what you gotta you gotta do i'm so fried from shooting <laughs> um ashley thanks for coming on the show thank you for having me of course that's a high five can you guys hear that let us know <laughs> um you can follow ashley on twitter instagram facebook all that stuff at ashley v robinson and of course we're geekscape search for geekscape i'm jonathan london you search for jonathan london you'll find me all that stuff but um Thanks for coming back, Geekscapist. Thanks for hanging with us. Go check out some of the other podcasts on the on the website. Uh, we were working on some cool stuff, and um, I'm gonna go take a nap now. <laughs> I love you guys. Enjoy the upcoming Captain Marvel special, and over and out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 